0: Perhaps happiness is only created by making space for it, meaning what if it can only be found by getting rid of things, not through the attainment of other things, especially at this stage in our life where we've accumulated so much identity or attachments or all of that stuff, and we've essentially crowded all of the space around us out to where we don't give happiness, and being in the present, like the ability to reach us.
1: Yeah, I've, uh I used to be like, egg yolk is Satan. Yeah. In my in my mindset, and now it's completely flipped. Yeah, because eggs are a complete source of protein. Yeah, to exactly your point. So I'm, I'm probably these days I'm probably eating like anywhere from five to seven eggs a day.
2: Yeah, I was doing like two and a half pounds of beef. But and for like four eggs. Yeah. So you can do eggs on carnivore. Yeah, it's so not it's, just meat. No, it's it's all meat. It's all it's all animal meat. It's, some people do. You know, like, you can, like, throw in seafood and chicken and, like, pork in there and stuff. Um, and then it's any type of, like, um, like liver, like, animal organs. Yeah. If Whether you take it by pill, like, it's dehydrated form or it's actual, like, real chicken Yeah. Organ. yeah. Um, and then I was still, like, doing supplements and, like, all my, like, multivitamins and my greens and my reds. Yeah. And things like that, but. Interesting. Yeah, it was a I, lot. I'd be lying
1: if I said I haven't. Thought
2: about trying? Are you wake up or in like the morning? Though. Like you wake up in the morning, you just, you just start. You crave like you just crave meat. You just feel so like you feel so animalistic, and it's interesting too because <laughs> oh man, around that time, like that it fell, nice. it fell like during my period also, which was interesting because oh, like I craved meat even more, like like the day before you just that a, I started. Yeah, very interesting. Monster. It, was, it was very interesting. That it was
0: very interesting. Amazing. So. Uh, yeah. Of all the things I will never have to deal with. that's
1: Right? Awful. There are there, I mean, one more on the laundry list of reasons why I'm grateful I'm a, I'm a male, male-bodied. But, uh, damn, wow. You did it for two weeks? Yeah. You said?
2: Yeah. I mean, I started kind of like slowly taking away carbohydrates because I didn't want to just like cut cold turkey. But when I like after two weeks, I was like, I was like looking at my body composition and I just like looked flat mm-hmm. from a um, like aesthetic perspective. Yeah. I didn't really feel, like, as full. Like, my glycogen stores and my muscles weren't as full. Yeah. And I also considered, like, is this really maintainable long-term? And the answer kept coming up as no. Yeah, so I, I was like, if yeah, I'm going yeah, to, you know, pre- if I'm going to preach to people sustainability and maintainability of doing, you know, of, like, functional eating and functional training, that's not really.
0: Yeah. doesn't really align. Yeah. Uh, that's why, that's what I've always... If I'm curious about the carnivore diet, like I've always wanted to do it, but it's a sustainability thing. Yeah. But it's weird because you read about how people have had like these like historical issues or things that have, mm-hmm. that have been like afflicting them their entire lives. They yeah. switch to a carnivore diet and like all of a sudden they're gone. Yeah. And what I don't know the answer to is if that stuff comes back when you get off the carnivore diet. Mm-hmm. Or if it does, I don't know the answer to that. Well, it's
2: also interesting too, because then you look at the flip side, because I've been also vegan before, so I've done like... The, whole, the like, full spectrum. Yeah. Wow. It's like, if you believe in God, you have to believe in the devil, and if you believe in the devil, Ugh. you have to believe in God, right? It's like sure. the same thing. So sure. if, you're gonna, if you believe that veganism is effective, you have to also consider that carnivorism could be also effective too, right? To a certain
1: extent, you have to... Uh, I think that... I think people would be less inclined to agree with that point, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, Yeah.
2: you know what I mean? So I was like, well, if I tried that, then I might as well try this. Um, But you also have people who go vegan and have a whole laundry list of issues that they've had before too that go away but I think yeah. what the reason like the main reason behind it is is refined refined processed foods yeah. and sugars that's and, exactly what I was and saying. just bullshit that you don't really yeah. need in your diet anyway yeah you know yeah
1: yeah, yeah. it's it's I think it's so often people point the finger at look what I'm doing now yeah. not look what I'm not doing
2: anymore right, right? exactly and
1: it's like yep. people go from standard American diet which is like you know insert all snack food processed crap yeah. here. Mm-hmm. into like, wow, and I just ate meat for like two weeks and I lost 20 pounds. It's yeah. Like, well, you're also not eating like 2,500 calories a day in garbage. Right, right? exactly.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's also you start to look at, okay, well, how – because you have calories, right? And there's a difference between weight loss and fat loss. Sure. Weight loss is being in a caloric deficit. Yep. Fat loss is readjusting your macronutrients to – provide an outcome that's aesthetically pleasing to you or, like, in the direction that you want to be going, sure. right? So it's increasing your protein. Whether or not, like, you want to go carb or fat-focused is up to you if mm-hmm. you want to kind of make it even, but, you know, adjusting those. And a lot of times, if you look at the standard American diet, is typically going to be high in fat and carbohydrates, and those there two go. are the two that are, like, buddies that make you gain weight. Right.
0: right. So. As, so going back to your point about carnivore works for some – vegan works for some. Mm -hmm. I am such a like a believer and proponent of like tracing your ancestry because I think whether it's like your mental beliefs or like your physical composition, I think I'm increasingly convinced that we're we're bottom up creatures and can trace a lot of how we think, feel, all of those things Mm -hmm. back to like you can trace that through lineage. And so figuring out like where your ancestors what their diet was like. And I think that has a lot to do with what fits, what works best with you just from a physiological standpoint. Um, And so that's, that gets another, like how you exactly you go about doing that. I know that there are DNA tests that can help kind of trace that stuff. Um, I've know that for instance, in my lineage, there's a sensitivity to like gluten. Mm -hmm. And so as I've just experimented and observed myself uh, and this, i'm gonna use i at least 18 times on this podcast i can already tell i'm gonna use the (laughs) phrase observe myself to mean a whole host of Mm -hmm. things but just the idea of witnessing yourself one of the things that i think is important in that from a diet perspective is that once i started witnessing how i felt after consuming certain things Mm -hmm. especially at like lunch um and, like, how that affects my mental clarity, how I feel when I'm, like, what makes me sleepy, what makes me productive, what mm-hmm. makes me foggy, what makes me clear-headed. I could basically pinpoint this idea of if I consumed a lot of, like, processed carbohydrates at lunch, that led to an unproductive afternoon. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: So once I got rid of that, it was like, I now I don't have the problem. Mm-hmm. I don't have to have that extra jolt of 200 milligrams of caffeine in the afternoon to get me through.
2: Right, I feel like I'm going to,
0: fall asleep at three o'clock. Yeah. Uh, so that's been a huge um, thing that I've harvested from uh, just paying attention.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, but Which uh, I think a lot of people don't do and choose not to do because they're so busy or wrapped up in other things in their life that they just like, it's whatever's easy and convenient, which is unfortunate because that's what the marketing plays on is easy right. and convenient.
1: Yeah. Right. And I think it's, uh, to even outside of the context of just, nutrition like mm-hmm. you're Brett you're a fitness coach like Noah you're heavily involved in fitness and working out all the time how many times you go and you watch somebody do a workout and they crash and burn in the first three minutes of like a 20 minute workout mm-hmm. and then they come in the next day and they do it again yeah it's like are you <laughs> are you aware of what you're doing yeah. right like are, are we gonna learn from this yeah. uh and just like generally the idea of like the scientific method applied to so many different contexts of life that people yeah. either intentionally neglect or they just don't know any better. Right. Right. And then, so they take what's given to them in the case of food marketing. It's, yep. Hey, here's this easy grab and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was standing in line at, uh, cup foods the other day and they had those, like, it's like a little, like the classic crackers with like the fake artificial cheese, mm-hmm. whatever pa- package yeah. in between. Right. Delicious. phenomenal, yeah. Right. Yep. You know, them mean like six bites without even thinking about it. Right. Yeah. It's like 59 cents mm-hmm. for a little package of them. Like, Oh, I'll just throw that right in the basket. Don't even worry about it. All right, I'll bite. Let's—I'm not literally, but like, yeah. let's let's see what's let's see what's all about. Uh, Two hundred calories a package. Nice. Like eleven grams of fat, Perfect. twenty-five grams of carbohydrate, and like three grams of protein. <laughs> Holy shit! <Yeah. laughs> like this is garbage. Yeah. This is literally garbage, and I could eat it
2: In without instant. thinking about and it. And you'd probably have one, and you'd want four packages of it. absolutely, just and, like a bag of chips, right?
1: And literally, what's Lay's? I don't know if it's still that, but what was the, what's their motto, right? Bet you can't have just one. Yeah. It's like literally we dare yeah, dare we're you, you. <laughs> dare you not to eat all of this product. Yeah. Which and is I'm, brilliant from a marketing standpoint, yeah, but absolutely. unfortunate from the yeah. actual human standpoint. And I I
0: not to get off the topic of diet, but I've and you you may have heard this too, like the analogy between our consumption of processed foods but then also our consumption of processed information in the form of like social media. Oh yeah. Like in the same way that processed foods is like deteriorating our physical health. Yeah. The excess consumption of processed media is oh, like deteriorating <laughs> our, our mental and like <laughs> spiritual health. Well, so true. it's just like, and I feel like it's especially the case now. And I feel like that's what's causing people to have myself. I include myself in this bucket of like, things coming up during quarantine that like you thought you either dealt with or whatever but it's because like your like reserves are down like your defenses Mm -hmm. are down because there's consumption of these unhealthy things in quantities that you wouldn't have otherwise done and so then it's just like you know there's cracks in the in the walls and Mm -hmm. they're like breaking open yeah but
2: that is an interesting point and that's kind of what I've observed too if, like through myself and other people through quarantine is like you don't really realize what you have or haven't dealt with yeah. and how much of an effect that has like on your psyche or on how you like see the world or deal with the world You even like see yourself too. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That's I uh <clears throat> sorry Connor I'll, I'll Oh was... it's Blaise Pascal has he's like a 19 or 1600 philosopher from 1600s and he um, talks a lot. Talks a lot about the existence of God, but we're not going to talk about that right now. But he also said that most of men's problems are Bush's quote, but it's like most of them problems are because he's unable to sit within his own thoughts, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's so. I mean, it's so true. Like especially now, you're talking about somebody coming in over and over again to a workout, and you're like, do you even realize what you're doing? And the answer is life life's sweet lullabies you know like put you in a rhythm and it can be so easy to just like get stuck in these rhythms that we don't realize there are rhythms until we're like there's a quake moment and all of a sudden we're like jostled from that rhythm yeah all of a sudden we're we're like the full view of what we were doing on a daily basis comes into full view and we're supposed to like forced to stare it in the face and be like what was i thinking Like, how is that a rhythm I let myself fall into? But we all do it. yeah. And so that's where I, like, something like this podcast has been super helpful for me of, like, the constant coming back and, like, reminder in these discussions to be like, okay, I need to, like,
1: think about what rhythms I'm falling into or out of.
2: Right.
1: Yeah, I think it's a super important question to ask yourself. And uh, I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, I've had a number of those insights similarly from doing the podcast. and just through you know self-development tools and and books and and podcasts and things of that nature. And I'm sure there are still plenty of these these channels oh, that for I'm sure that I'm yeah. unaware that I'm into. Right. Yeah. So the question that I have, and maybe it's it feels almost like cheating to to think about it this way, but like how do how does one impose uh, a quake moment? in order to shake themselves from a rut, even if they like that, they may not know that they are in. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I I agree. so the thing about a quick moment, I think that the
0: the crazy part about it is it's like, you're only ever one conversation, one book, one podcast, one song away from coming like face to face with that rhythm. Mm. And so it's like, I think it's just, to be intentional and like aware of this fact that I have all of these things in my life that I'm missing, these things I can't see because I am blinded or distracted or whatever. And so as soon as you awaken your mind's eye to this concept of like, just awareness and observing yourself. I literally think that like, that's when you start to have these epiphanies left and right. Yeah. And that's why I, I often have like talked about the last year of my life as like a Renaissance or like a, an enlightenment period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, once I started, it was one shitty relationship that basically rumbled all of the foundation. like started that like, caused everything to crumble. And then it started this journey of like examining everything saying, everything's up for grabs. I have to literally construct everything back up from scraps and like what things do I actually believe and what thing, what beliefs did I inherit? Yeah. What things do I actually care about and what things did was I doing previously to like impress or earn the love of somebody else? Like you just realize how many things you do not based on the fact that you want to do them, how many things you do to like please other people and how you're manipulated by other people, not because they're acting nefariously but just because your own desire and need for love and affection causes you to like bend and twist yourself in certain ways, a lot of times that starts from like trying to earn the love of your mom or your dad or like whoever growing up is like, what thing did you get a positive reaction? I'm going on a rant right now. What Radian. thing did you get a a positive reaction from them? So like I, Joe, this is a really good example. Joe Rogan talked to David Blaine. Yeah, recently. Great episode. One of the first things that David Blaine says is why he loves magic. Right. Yeah. He did a trick for his mom, and no matter how bad of a day she had, it made her smile. Next thing you know, he's like the best magician in the world. Right. That is the perfect example, right? And so it's like, but he is now aware of the fact that, like, oh yeah, I mean, it's been a positive thing for him, but they're not always positive, right? Yeah. So um, it's like how much of our identity gets crafted based on somebody else pulling the strings without us even realizing that we're just a marionette. Mm -hmm. Like, and so it's once you like realize that there are strings above you pulling you, then you can start to like witness them when they like knock you off course and be like, I need time to cut that string. You know, Mm -hmm. like I don't, other than just being receptive to the idea that you have these things to become aware of. And once you like have just that openness to it, I think, the realization of these various things start to fall from the sky
2: mm-hmm.
0: because it, we've talked about before, like you see what you're looking for. Right. And so like, once you start looking for that, yeah, you start the process of just trying to truly like know yourself and why you are the way you are. Um, it's so liberating. I, like I, I can't express it enough because then it no longer controls you. Like it, I, it's like the Stoics talk about how the space between like the stimulus and your response, like that's your opportunity to like act virtuously. And so to the extent that you can like continue, like continue to cultivate that and like you feel something, you say, well, before I act on this default response, that is just a result of my programming. Let me just create some space and decide with intention and act how I actually want to act and not just act out of habit. Uh
2: Sorry. No, that's... (laughs) And thanks for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, I love it. It's interesting. Uh. I mean, you made a lot of good points. And I think, you know, a lot of people get kind of wrapped up into other people because it's an easy thing to do. You know, like when you start to have feelings for somebody or like love somebody, it's easy to like want to make them happy because like you know how happy they make you. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's easy to get lost in that. And sometimes... Like we've talked about before, like there's more of a give and on one end and there's more of a take on the other, you know, or vice Mm -hmm. versa or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I think in that, you know, the conversation of like codependency comes up and, you know, like losing yourself because you're like trying to make the other person happy. Mm -hmm. And in that, like you then either act in ways or say things and do things that you don't really mean, but you're doing them because you think that's what they want to do. So you're living in this vacuum essentially of like, you're trying to make decisions based on like how you think other people are like, want you to act or be or become. Yeah. And then that's
0: where it's like the crazy realization. And I think we talked about it with Paul is like, for me, when I hit that spot, I, I love the metaphor of like, one that you've used in the past that I absolutely love is mm-hmm. when the waves come, you have to go deep. Yep. And well, so I the idea of like mm-hmm. using in the context of like an oasis metaphor, maybe we talked about this actually in our last podcast, but it's like when, when this crazy stuff happens and you are literally like thrust to the bottom of this well, and it's like all of these things, like the darkest and coldest places like of your mind, it's like, all of a sudden you're like down there seeing things that were hidden in the dark darkness previously and like nothing's off limits. And so you're like seeing all these things that you'd been ignoring. And then all of a sudden it's just like, man, I got a lot of things that I want to fix that I've just been like ignoring. Mm -hmm. Um, But it takes for whatever reason, it takes that, like that, that one big thing. But then once that happens and it's like, all right, I got some work to do, I guess. To like make sure I'm happy and like proud of myself because, like you said, otherwise you get stuck in this.
2: Do you think? Pattern. It, do you think it always takes one big thing though for everyone?
1: No, I. Well, that's interesting. That's, that kind of that kind of dovetails off the question that I was trying to get at earlier. Is like mm-hmm. what inevitably we all have these things right like know yeah. every single person that does that is listening or will ever listen to this is not immune from having these these pitfalls that we've fallen into unwittingly and have probably dictated large portions of our life yeah right and like do we need to have some big moment in order to yeah. become exposed to those things like or is there an easier less, like life shaking, life altering means of observing ourselves.
0: Well, yeah. So I, then maybe I butchered this last, but I, I do think there is, Tony Robbins talks about this, right? So, like, people, like, you're, we're not going to change from a psychological perspective. We don't change unless we um, perceive the pattern we're in as leading to a place we don't want to go. Mm. Right, and so it's it's literally just the process of, of becoming aware of those things, and I think a lot of times that happens like either in a book or like stoicism or whatever, just like these constant reminders. So like one for me, for instance, of like I know that we've we talk about stoicism all the time, but it's this idea that um, and this is kind of the idea behind the oasis. Why I love that is there's this line from Marcus Aurelius, and he talks about you're always seeking retreat in the hills and like. And all these places in nature and he's like how that's not very philosophical of you when you have like the perfect retreat in your mind where you can visit principles few and fundamental like sufficient to wash away the problems and send you back to wherever you have to go so there's this idea that like um what, what was it what how did i get off that i i've got focused on the oasis project oh yes okay so it's this idea that like I was stuck in this mindset of again going back to a year ago, this mindset of of hell here, heaven there. And so it's this idea that heaven always waits for me somewhere else, but it's never here. It's always at the next stop. Hmm. So it's it's like, do I need to go to another job? Do I need to like move to another city? So that's like I've always been the type of person that i I enjoy going, you know, I've and go and go enjoy going to a new place and like making new friends and like i've never had somewhere where i like put down roots and felt like home because i always get to a point where this is another i don't think if you talk about this this is another awareness thing i like for whatever reason the second and i think this goes back to past relationships but the second i feel like I'm, i get like a sensing energy that I'm I've worn out my welcome or that I'm starting to like annoy people Mm -hmm. then my default response is pull the rip cord like I don't want those people to feel that way about me I hate Mm -hmm. that all that stuff I need to move to a city like new job whatever
2: yeah
0: and so um it just I realized that it was causing me to like same thing in relationships is like the moment something feels unwelcome it's just easier for me to to walk away yeah um
2: but in that though In doing that, you lose yourself because it's, to me, what I've realized, like, from past relationships and, like, coming out of one right now, it's if you continually, like, walk away from who you are, like, you you lose yourself in that process and you don't allow people to love you for who you are in all all that you are. And when you do that, like, you can never really experience, like, true, full, deep love by doing that.
1: Right
0: no i i yeah i 100 percent agree with you um or
2: connection or whatever you want to call it
0: yeah sure yeah no i yeah i hear you and but like so i don't know if i even ask your answer your question but it's like for me it it's hard because it, it did i've had many quakes so i think it's on a spe- like they're they're are levels on the Richter scale right sure. of earthquakes <laughs> there are yeah, ones to sixes mm-hmm. I think that's the scale mm-hmm. I believe it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds <all> right <laughs> but, <laughs> sounds good. but and so it's like the magnitude of all those things so like that's like mm-hmm. all the shifts that happened in the last year because I had one big one and all of a sudden it was like everything in my life you got needed to happen. be looked at yeah and it was like I need to look like nothing's off limits like everything needs to be like reconstructed and rethought and like this is the rest of my life. Um, but I think there are many ones, right? And it, there are so many different domains that's really hard because you can do it in, it's all about awareness. Like if yeah, I like, it's like, like, you read like a personal finance book and then all of a sudden, like you start sketching things out and you realize like, oh wow, I actually really had no idea where my money was going or how much I needed to like live. And it's like that awareness is like, then it clicks, like, oh, I can't continue doing what I'm doing now. It's mm-hmm. so, like that realization has to be like, thats the realization. Meet what I. Another one I had was with work. Is like, and I say that as I've just worked the two busiest weeks I've ever worked. But it was a realization for me of when I was in that relationship a year and a half ago. It was almost like I needed an excuse, like I was looking for an excuse to not work so much. Mm-hmm. And that was the excuse, and then we broke up, and and then it was like all of a sudden I wanted to return back to that old pattern. I was like, why? Why is like, why can't I love myself the way that I love somebody I care about? Mm -hmm. Like, why do I need that excuse Mm to to not work or whatever? And Mm -hmm. and then it was like the realization of if this is a pattern I created and and am stuck in for fifteen years, and then eventually I have kids like how deep is that groove that i then have to try to hop out of when i have mm-hmm. kids that i want to spend it's like that I, I can't do that i don't want to be that kind of dad
2: mm-hmm. yeah like
0: that i i can't do it yeah like to me that's like i i know we wanted to talk about fashion the song john Bellion saw mm-hmm. three lines in particular one of them is a voice says i might need my soul yeah and like to me that was like nothing except a soul is worthy for wonder. So like he is worthy of wonder. So you can't give it up. And I knew that I was going to give it up slowly, piece by piece. If I continued on the path I was on. Yeah. And so part of it's awareness. And then part of it's just realizing like, if I stay here, is this,
1: does this, am I really proud of that person? And I think, uh, the, so awareness was the word that kept coming to mind and then the word, that continues to come up thereafter is humility yeah. uh, and being willing to recognize that, like this this path that I am on may not be the best thing for me mm-hmm. in the short term or in the long term or both. Yeah, right. And like to to be willing to sit with the discomfort of I am wrong is something that people a lot of times are unwilling or yeah. frankly unable to do. Uh, but without doing that. Right. To come back to uh, my, the first example I provided, like otherwise, you know, Jane, Jane and John Doe are going to keep beating their heads against the wall for two minutes of a workout and then crash and burn for the rest of yeah. the rest of their fitness journey. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. We're going to continue to throw ourselves into these relationships to avoid work or we're going to continue just believe that if I work 80 hours a week, that therefore yeah. I am I am worth something. I am yeah. I am successful right and like being willing to to accept the fact that no that i i am wrong here now what do i do differently yeah and how do i make this better
2: and i think the other thing like when people if you you know to your point of admitting when you're wrong or if you're wrong it makes you question your morals and who you are as a person and not a lot of people want to do that because maybe they don't know who they are and they've never actually like taken the time to figure who that out yeah which is a very uncomfortable place to be for a lot of people because yeah. they're just used to being told what to do how to be how to live who mm. to be whatever yeah They've never made that decision for themselves it's
0: painful for sure and that's yeah. so a few think something that you said and something that you said so that it's like we talked about the ego mm-hmm. as like understanding it as like essentially resistance yeah. That's going to continue. It's kind of like the siren call, right? It's going to continue to try to pull you off the path. As soon as it feels attacked, it's going to like send out the troops in defense of itself and try to distract you. So I always think about, I don't know why, in Harry Potter, there's a spell that, that you can cast that like allows the Muggles, non-magic people, to not find a certain place because they get somewhere. And then all of a sudden, the spell causes them to be distracted. And then they turn around and go yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. And to me, like, that's the ego, right? It's like, once you encroach too far into its territory, it's going to throw everything at you to try to get you to, like, not attack it anymore. Because right. it's in pain. And it's like, I need to defend myself. And so it's going to try to get you to look away. And So that's why like, you can, like, lean in. It It is, like, I, it kind of feels like you're burning a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, a piece of you is burning. And that's where it's like, I really love metaphor a lot i've used in the past of like the phoenix yeah so instead of like as soon as i feel that like singeing of the soul it's like leaning into that knowing that what is birthed from it is going to be even better and even greater even though it's painful right now mm-hmm. um i just i i think that's so and so another just i want to give as many examples of this for like people so that like people if they're listening can like oh let me examine it's so like one really good example, I think. And I think this is an example for a lot of people is that, you know, I, I, I grew up in a Christian home. I I'm still consider myself a Christian and believe in God. But the variation of, of religion that I subscribed to wasn't mine, right? It was inherited. And when that gets attacked then by other people, I realized that I was saying in defense of my religion, things that I didn't even actually believe there were things i was told previously but my ego was like well i've you know acted like this thing was true for 26 years i can't i can't admit really? that i've been living a lie for 26 years yeah and so it's like because again you build so much of your identity it's like you take that away it's like well what's left what's left yeah and that's a painful thing man but i i promise you if you can like and it, I'm continuing to work on this, and I will, this is a, literally a lifelong journey, lifelong game. Um, it, but it's one worth playing because I think it's so liberating. Uh, but it's like, if you can just like examine, or even just like think about, especially from your past, because I think it's the general rule is that by the time you're 12, like so much of your psyche and ego and like who you are and the patterns that you go on are set. And that the first however many – for at least the educational years of your life, I think that arc of life is so focused on shaping you and molding you into a a productive member of society that uh, basically you learn to do all these things like what's considered productive, what you're praised for. The so things that people clap for, and so then you forget and neglect the things that people don't clap for. Mm-hmm. So that's why I love this idea: of coming back to your childhood and finding things that like bring out the inner child in you. Yeah, and that's like, removing your conditioning layer by layer, piece by piece. It's like an onion, right? And it just takes time. Uh, but that's where it's like, man, I get, I get on that, sit down on that piano, and it's like, <laughs> mm, start learning fashion on piano. So now I, I've started. Got, I, get, I, I, um, I have this little medley that i do that i'm learning that i teach myself and it starts with guillotine and then it goes to blue and then to fashion now i'm on fashion yeah so
1: what a treat what a treat that's Uh, awesome but anyway i don't
0: know what do you think about like um for for somebody that's just like even wondering how to start this process of like Oh, I've never even thought about this. What, what would you say to the person? Like, Where should they start to like start to get a view of their programming and how they're
2: looking at the world? I think it starts like with anything, t- taking one step out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Like literally, literally just doing one step opens the door to the possibility and opportunities that you have n- never realized were there. Yeah. And whether that's fitness related, relationship related, how you view food, how you view your faith or your religion, your spirituality or whatever. Um, And I think it's constantly seeking and putting yourself in uncomfortable positions and experiences and situations and constantly questioning your beliefs and like constantly questioning what other people are telling you. Always asking the question why, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's why I asked you the question of Do you really think you need some sort of like, do you, what do you call it? A quake? Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you really need, like, is it, is that something you need to have this experience? I mean, maybe for some people because they've been living blind and, or just they've been choosing to live a life of just go along to get along. But if you, you know, are fortunate enough to be brought up in a environment where you're taught to always question things and you're taught to, you know, think for yourself and, You know, put yourself in uncomfortable situations because you know that uncomfortability comes growth, and like from growth comes success, and that's like the like it's so related to fitness, which is why like when I teach and when I coach, like I always break it down to like this is so much more than just coming in here and burning calories. Yeah. Like so many people think about fitness classes or working out as just doing that, but like you can learn so much about yourself and your body and have really awesome kind of epiphanies through moving your body, because this was actually something I think I went and got a massage one time and the massage therapist was telling me that you actually store memories in your muscle. And so by moving, you're obviously moving your muscles because your muscles move your body. You're like evoking some sort of emotional trigger. Right. And if you pay attention to it, you have the ability to capitalize on that momentum, if you will, like both physical and emotional, spiritual, whatever you want to call it momentum to make the change to move forward
0: yeah so uh, going back to your i i I think there are two you can distinguish between like a quake that's caused by an external event yeah versus like i think what you're talking about is like self-quakes yeah and i think that i think that you can it's self-quake absolutely uh, I think there's lower on the Richter scale, but right. it's like just smaller shifts of the plate.
2: It's more controllable, yeah, because you're you're allowing yourself to go down that route, and if you feel uncomfortable, you immediately. Eh.
0: Well, yeah. that's that's the thing, and then the external ones is where it like just takes a sledgehammer and right. just like knocks the whole thing out from yeah. under you, and, and it's like, free fall.
2: And then you're like, where the
1: hell am yeah. I? what is this? Well, and it's I mean, as I think about it, not that I'm I'm I mean, hell. As evidenced already, I don't actually know what the Richter scale is measured on a scale of right. So I'm I'm pulling this earthquake knowledge out of out of out of my ass right now. It might be one to ten. actually. Uh, I might have messed that up. Worth, worth Google. Worth a Google. Um, a Google
2: search.
1: But uh, I also, from my minimal understanding of how earthquakes work, uh, smaller scale earthquakes can set in motion mm-hmm. larger magnitude yeah, yeah. movement. Right. So who's to say that if you don't have to wait for the external huge quake.
2: Mm-hmm. Just
1: start shaking yourself up and then maybe you'll be day surprised day. about how everything else continues to cascade and rumble. Yeah. Right? And then you get faced with, you know, maybe it's somebody who they've always wanted to get they've always wanted to get in shape, but you know, they haven't had their doctor tell them you need to lose X mm-hmm. amount of pounds or else you're you're cutting years off your life, right? Yeah. They haven't had that external quake, but they go and they work out and they take a couple of fitness classes and realize like, "Oh my god." Like I am not capable of doing what I want to be able to do, Mm -hmm. right? Like I want to be able to play with my grandchildren. There's no way that's going to happen if I'm on this current trajectory. It's a smaller quake. Well, the the fitness class, the discomfort Mm -hmm. of the fitness class is a smaller quake Mm -hmm. that leads to that larger realization. And then having had that larger moment, they can begin to take the steps to ensure that they get to where they want to go.
2: Well, it's also having the humility and like to be able to, admit that you are wrong or to admit that like you need to make a change and mm-hmm. uh, then actually have the determination and the motivation to move forward with it yeah you know yeah and like the consistency and like it's a because it's a constant choice and choice and that goes you know people are always like "Bring really, like how do you have the motivation to like to do the things that you do every day or like to work out every day or you know it's like it's not it's it's less about like what What's going to happen in a week, and it's more of like the long term, yeah. like in realizing that this this life that you have is only one time.
1: <laughs>
2: yep, we get one of these. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, depending how, on what you believe, yeah. right? And like, how do you want to like maximize your every like your every day? Yeah, you know, because every day turns into every week, turns into every month, turns into every year, turns into your lifetime. Right. So it's like it's a collection of the daily decisions that you choose to make consciously choose to make every single day about h- how you approach your life and the mentality that you choose to have about the thoughts that you think in your head too
1: totally and i think one other point that i want to be sure to put out there that uh it, i don't imagine that this is true for very many people but for a handful that may be listening to this or uh, and thinking to themselves like I, my life's good mm-hmm. like I, I i eat well i eat mm-hmm. fine you know, I'm happy with my job. I'm happy with my relationship, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Why shortchange yourself the opportunity to be great or excellent or phenomenal or, you know, insert yeah. uh, a, a hyperbolic description here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like, okay, sure. You feel good getting six hours of sleep a night. I bet you'd feel even better if you got seven or eight.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I bet you feel better if you got eight or nine, right? Like, yeah, you feel good having to treat you know, once a night, much, you might feel even better if you did it less often, mm-hmm. right. And replace that with potentially a healthier substitute. Right. And there's mm-hmm. a balance with, you know, depending on the context of the conversation, you got to balance psychological with physiological mm-hmm. health. I get that. And I just want to make sure to drive home, like all of yeah. us, no matter where you're at, like, it's always a spectrum. Mm-hmm. It's not just like you're, you've got it or you don't, right. It's, you know, what can you do to continue to improve Mm -hmm. on whatever sliding scale you're talking about. Yeah. Right. It's like maybe, maybe your physical health is a nine out of 10 and you feel really good there and your, your family relationships are really poor. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Right. It's like maybe you focus attention there or, you know, if you are, if you're somebody who is, uh, you know, your life is committed to fitness. You're a, you're a physique competitor, right? Mm -hmm. Like young 20 something, you don't, have a, you don't have a family to worry about. You don't have, you know, right. you've committed yourself to this career. Great. How do you go from nine to nine and a half?
2: Mm-hmm. How
1: do you get from nine and a half to 9.9, mm-hmm. 9, right? Yeah. And then maybe eventually, even for some people who think they're at the perfection, being willing to recognize that the spectrum never stops. Right. You know, it's like you, you never get to 10.
2: Yeah.
1: Decimals keep going. Mm-hmm. That's,
0: you know I'm a sucker for metaphors. There are going to be so many metaphors in the book I read one day. But that's where it's like that. I love the idea of like your life is a great mosaic of like painting. Right. And so the idea isn't it's good enough. The idea is how beautiful can I make this Mm. or like the uncarved block that you chisel into the, like the masterpiece sculpture. Right. Mm. It's like how perfect can I make this uncarved block? Yeah. It's not like it goes back to the unlived life, the David Goggins chart. Right. Because how you get somebody that's like, oh, my life is pretty good. Like I'm satisfied. It's like, okay, but if you're forced to stare at what you could have been at the end of your life, are you still going to be satisfied? Yeah. Like knowing that you just lived in this pattern that you're in.
1: Yeah. I, I how beautiful can I make this? Is a phrase that's going to stay with me for a very long
2: time. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's that. That to me, as we think about all of this, is pretty is pretty up in the clouds, right? It's yeah. like it's none of this is really tactical. There's something that just as, as often as possible in as many different contexts as you possibly can over the course of your day. Ask yourself, how beautiful can I make this? Or what beauty am I not allowing to show up right now?
2: Yeah. Or what beauty am I not choosing to allow it to show up? Because choosing, yes. I think, yes, that's I think that, and I don't know how it is for males, but I for females, it's one of those things like, how beautiful can I make this? Is a phenomenal like Like That gives gives me goosebumps like thinking about that. But it also, for me, because I've been caught in this this idea in my head before where you're trying to make your life as beautiful as you can. And in doing that, you have to make hard decisions. You have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations like we've talked about. Not a lot of people are willing to do that. And so because you, as an individual who is willing to put yourself in uncomfortable situations to make your life as beautiful as you want it to be, other people are going to look at that beauty and say how dare you? Or hmm. I yeah. wish I had that. Or, oh, you think you're better than me? Or, oh, like you're too good, you're too good for anybody mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. And it's like, where the hell do you get off telling me that the work that I'm fucking busting my ass for doing this, that it's, it's too good for you? Yeah. You know well, what I mean, I mean? Yeah. And it's, and
0: that's like, it's so, it's, it's cause like your, the, your radiating light Correct. has illuminated Absolutely. the shadows of their own existence. Yep. And, and they don't want to stare at that. Nope. Now nobody wants to stare at that. Um, and I also, one thing you were saying that I didn't even realize that they, when I said make it as beautiful as you can, that could have been construed oddly is there's a difference between making something seem beautiful yeah. in like makeup or whatever, yeah. or like social media and like making something be beautiful. Mm-hmm. There's a huge difference between those two things. And I think obviously we know we're focused on uh, I think we've talked about this. I have a necklace. One of my favorite Latin sayings is, quam which is to be rather than to seem. Mm. And so, especially in this world, I want to just clarify mm-hmm. that I'm not talking. There's a- yeah. I want to make the distinction between
2: and that goes- seeming beautiful and right. being beautiful. And that just goes back to authenticity and, and having integrity. Yeah. Which are two like, key characteristics. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 100%. And what were you talking, when you, when you, when you started talking there, I had another kind of flitting thing in my brain and now I can't remember what it was, but I'm sure I'll find it. I'm sure I'll find Mm -hmm. it again. Um, you talked though about, uh, fitness being so much more than just fitness. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious if there's anything from your swimming days that like, like continues to stick with you. Um. I'll, I have like a few random things like a coach had said to me in the past where I'm just like, I mm-hmm. actually continue to like draw on those things. Yeah. Is there anything like that for you?
2: Yeah. Um, one of my coaches from college always used to say this and he's like, he's like, Britt, you can't motivate the unmotivated, <laughs> which is very true in like swimming and in athletics, but it's also very true in life and in anything with life. Cause like you can't want for somebody else what they don't want for themselves. Yeah. Right, It's so like as as hard as you want to see somebody succeed and as much as effort and energy that you pour into somebody else's coaching, fitness, whatever it is, you like there, there's a part of you that you just have to let that go, you know, and like in a relationship, like no matter how hard you choose and decide to love somebody, sometimes people just don't want to love you back in that way. You can't you can't make someone want right. to change. No. Nor would yeah. you want to. No. Like that that know. was the thing
0: that that flipped for me is is like when I realized that like when you, like when you get to this this point of thinking about you know, when you realize that like oh wait I I just like I, I find myself continuing wish continue to like wish this person would change and then when I came to realization that's like wait a second if I even got what I wanted. That wouldn't even be a good thing because yeah. it's like, then I had changed them into something that they're not. That they're and not. so like, that's the worst of all these worlds. So I was like, what am I, what am I doing? Like, I, if like, so like when I, once I realized I was in a relationship wishing the other person would change, mm-hmm. then I realized that that was like a, I think that's an affliction that a lot of
1: folks have. Can I ask you a potentially very scary question? Yeah. How long were you in that relationship before you realized that you were? That was the state of things. Yeah. Um, hmm.
0: I don't know the answer to that question.
1: Uh, I guess I, I mean, know. In, a, in a way, in, in a way, the it almost doesn't matter the answer. Truth be told, like the the point that I'm getting at here is like, it is so easy, especially in the context of romance and love and like that kind of intensity of of passion of emotion yeah it's so easy to get so deep into that that you willingly turned a blind eye to the fact that that's what you were doing all along
0: yeah yeah although it's
1: like an extreme example of hindsight's 2020
0: yeah for sure although i'll say this is where the messiness of life kicks in because on the competing what i'll competing interest is like there's also a piece of you when somebody because you hear the stories of like somebody loving somebody through something and then they end up together right or and just this idea of like as a human being who i wanted to be as a person was um, this person that didn't let go when things got hard right that shows up when i feel like shutting down and so these things would happen time and time again and i'd be like I'm going to be the person that comes back to the table. Yeah. So it's like, how many times do you allow that to happen before you say, I can't do it anymore? And that's what stuck me in this pattern time and time again. It wasn't that I was unaware of it, I was probably aware of it not that, like for far too long before I actually hmm, flipped the switch and said, yeah. I can't keep telling myself this. Like, yeah. I made a valiant effort. But I, I promise you, I had a lot of conversations with some of my friends where it's like, I just, I feel like I could do a little more. Like maybe if I just like did a little bit more, if I showed up a little bit more, if I changed this, whatever. And so, like how many times you come back to the table before, before the table is honest, not nobody there? It's not your table. There's nobody on the side yeah. and, it's,
1: and there's nobody in the other seat
0: on, yeah. the, on the opposite side, right? Just like seeing a ghost of who I hope would show up. Yeah. I don't know the answer to that.
2: I think it's different for everybody and I think it's, some people never figure it out. Some people are fortunate enough to figure it out at the, first, the first time yeah. at the table. Yeah. And some people, it takes them 20 times. But I think it's, again, going back to just, like, the awareness. And you have to have some sort of internal feeling that by not going back to the table for the last time, that, like, it's going to be okay. Otherwise, yeah. you would have gone back. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And that's where, gosh... honestly, I think it was just coming back to, I got deep in, that's when I I took the deep dive back into stoicism. And it was just this idea of like, everything that comes your way can be a blessing. And like, you've pulled this, and I'd also, one thing I do want to ask you guys about is like, this idea of perhaps happiness is only created by making space for it. Meaning, what if it can only be found by getting rid of things, not through the attainment of other things? Especially at this stage in our life where we've accumulated so much identity or attachments or all of that stuff. And we've essentially crowded all of the space around us out to where we don't give happiness and being in the present like the ability to reach us. So it's like if you had to think about, to me, a part of it was what things do I need to cut loose? Like what things do Like how do I create space for myself again? How do I create space to be here now and not elsewhere? How do I create space generally, whether it's like physical – my dad talked about this, right? Like the irony of today is we buy things thinking they'll make us happy when actually all they actually do is that thing becomes an attachment that we then structure our life yeah. around keeping – yeah. So then we realized that our life is structured around keeping the things that we're attached to, whether it's people or things. And so the thing that we went after because we thought it would make it ha- make us happy actually does the exact opposite. Yeah. It makes us unhappy because we're realizing that's the one calling the shots, not us. We're doing things to protect our attachments, not our souls.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's like that was another f- f- switch for me that flipped was it's like I've accumulated a lot of things in my life that I need to let go of, And like how do I untangle these things that are like woven into my core? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Is there anything that comes to mind for either of you guys of like hey, we don't have to talk about it, mm-hmm. obviously, but it's something to think about. I don't know that it's something that can be called upon at will, but I—I I mean, I have some thoughts, but I also don't want to hog. I don't want to hog Mike. With, with i have done way here. too much talking so please hog
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll throw something out and see if it doesn't spark any oh, spark yeah. any thoughts uh when it comes to the question of do you need to take away in order to experience happiness yeah. i think that certainly on a in a materialistic sense there's a lot there's a lot of uh there's a lot there mm-hmm. right exactly to the point that you that you readdressed from what your dad was saying when we had him on right? Uh, Personally, I would push back on that notion of saying that you have to give away or you have to detach in order to find happiness. And the reason I say that is because about six, no, five, five five-ish years ago, uh, I had a huge paradigm shift in how I chose to live my life. And things came back and boiled down to two fundamental guiding questions that I try to stay rooted in whenever I'm making certainly any big decision, but generally any decision over the course of the day. Those two questions being, uh, is what I'm doing making the lives of those around me better? And is what I'm doing bringing me personal fulfillment? And so by using those two things as a filtration system, it ensures that effectively the only things that I am allowing into my life... The things that I am choosing to do are things that are going to ensure that I am experiencing some level of happiness and some level of fulfillment, right? Now, I the reason that I push back is because that's my personal philosophy, right? And I've chosen to live my life according to that value system. Yeah. However, I don't believe that that is true for a vast majority of anyone that you might talk to walking around on the street. Yeah. Right. So people that that allow these external circumstances to dictate their life decisions on a small scale way of, Oh man, that McDonald's ad looked great. I'm going to swing through and get that fast food. Right. And to a large scale decision of, uh, if I make X amount of dollars per year, then I'll be happy. I better go be a lawyer. I better go get my doctorate. I better get my PhD, things of that nature, right? That end up consuming the entirety of your life that you are in fact living, not because you want to live it, because it brings you happiness, but because something else has dictated that you should do this. And then if you're in that situation, especially in those larger scale uh, instances, you have to take away because how much energy are you pouring into that in the first place that now you've got this little sliver left that even if you maximize that remaining 2% with makes you happy, it's going to pale in comparison to everything else that you've poured into that which may not truly make you happy and bring you fulfillment.
0: Yeah, a few reactions. One, I think you're taking away, you're just doing it on the front end. So it's like by using it as a filter, right, it's like you're effectively already, you're, you're, you're already, already sure. saying no. Sure. Two... I'm going to continue to use magical metaphors. But it's, uh, it's like if you think about it in the context of like you have a force field around yourself that dissolves anything that does not uh, pass the, the, the flames of those two questions. Sure. Right. That, now, is it possible, though, that there are a few thieves that sneak through the gate, right? So when you think about the sources of your unhappiness, the things that cause you to not have peace of mind. Um, I would imagine we all have those things, right? So presumably there is some percentage of things that sneak through the gate. Otherwise you would be yeah. happy at all times. Right, no, I know. I absolutely agree. And so now it's like you need to deport those intruders,
1: man. Like yeah. you know how to find them. So and how do we reconcile those intruders as being – how do you reconcile wanting to, to do away with all intruders and, and live a life of um, omnipotent happiness with also realizing that you've got to do hard things and grow through discomfort? You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't, I don't want, I don't want to be devoid. I don't want to live a life devoid of challenges, but I suppose that also in a way I can come back to a value system of, I am happy when I'm challenged mm-hmm. because therefore I know that I am going to grow.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So I suppose that's what well, makes and
0: that, sense. yeah, and that's where it's, like, um, I th- like, it's just having these kinds of conversations and so that your mind is trained to make the association between the uncomfortable thing and the growth that comes from it. So it's like what we were talking about, either, like, earlier, when, you're, when your ego is attacked and you're, like, you're resistant to it, it's, like, all you have, like, through... Conversations like this over and over again, you start to make that mental association. You're like, "Oh, wait, wait, wait." My ego wants to come to the defense of this, but I know that actually, like letting my guard down and letting this happen, the beauty that will come from these ashes is like something that's worth it. And so I need to lean into this. Yeah. And so it's just like, like it, part of it is just reminding yourself and being aware and making those associations, so that when it happens in the future, you can think back on this like these conversations and say. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. I know what's going on here. Yeah. I know what needs to happen. And that's part of the reason I love music so much. Like, in like, how we have gone in depth on Taylor Swift and John Bellion. And it's all because all it takes is like, this is going to be my comfort challenge, actually. Unless one of you two had one. Whatever your current, like, the song that most resonates with you from your past whatever, the one that you will come back to over and over again, Mm -hmm. write out the lyrics, physically write them out on a notepad. Mm -hmm. Look at the words. And I bet it'll tell you something about why you like that song that you'd never realized before. Mm -hmm. Interesting. You're going to see something in those lyrics. And then I promise you like your love and affection for that song will be even deeper Mm-hmm. like once and that's why I love the John Bellion stuff so much is because it's like every time I examine those words and go a layer deeper my like the joy I experience when I listen to them gets even deeper so like in like fashion we were talking about fashion i made that something a voice says I might need my soul um, so that's one association that I've made another one is at the very beginning he says the crown of a king uh, hasn't changed me mm-hmm that brings me to Marcus Aurelius. So that's why I love Marcus Aurelius, right? Is because he was a king, like the emperor, the most powerful person in the world, and all he cared about was the preservation of his soul and being a, a good person. Yeah. Right. So the crown of a king didn't change Marcus either, right? And so that, and then the other one is what we just talked about with material possessions. Like, yeah. might be gold, but that shit's still a chain. Yeah. Like that material thing, like those things you're pursuing, the things you think you like are going to make you happy and set you free are actually chains that are going to chain you like these, uh, that TV, like the stuff that I've grown to love. Um, and I just realized that like I was on a path of, again, going back to a year ago, I was on a path of the lifestyle creep of where I was like, you know, past certain thresholds in my career. And it's like, okay, I guess I get a little bit bigger apartment. I guess I get a little nicer car. And like, you just, incrementally upgrade your lifestyle I was like why it's not like it's not it's literally there's no difference in how how happy I am I have enough I have too much actually yeah.
2: well and that's the thing where like people misconstrue the bible verse actually that people all the time they're like oh, money is the root of all evil and it's not it's actually the love of money right. the root of all evil right hmm. and so it's the obsession and the thought and the idea that like because you have more, like you're going to be more happy. Which, like, I guess my response to this whole idea of happiness and is kind of, I guess, like maybe a mix of how you guys are viewing it, but how I see it is like you're a very like metaphor person. I'm very like, a, like such a metaphor. Person. I <laughs> like to like I like to think of things and like give like a like a physical example. So how I see it is like you're this atom essentially, and like you're this circle, right? And so it, within your circle, you have like you are you at the core, right? And like. You are happy because you have all of the, like, your core Do you think it's person. a coincidence
0: that it's called an atom? In little, Story of Genesis? A little bit. Yeah. Okay. But you do think it's a coincidence?
2: I mean, it's, it's like, just... Like, it's ADAM, ATOM? Yeah, yeah, it's just interesting. It was just... don't. Yeah, inter- right. I don't... I don't, different, I don't different, I, different, like, way of spelling it, but, like, pronunciation, same. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. But, like, so, then you have this, like, permeable membrane around you, which... For you, that's like kind of your filtration system of like these, to me, it's like, I see these, these challenges or things that you think that you hold on to, like they're coming into like the permeable part of this circle of who you are, but you're happy because you know who you are at the center. And like you allow those things to kind of just like pass through that membrane for a period of time or whatever. But you realize that like, those aren't your things to hold on to or to hang on to. And you you also realize by holding on to those things, like then you become heavier. You know, you can't uh. live, you can't live a, a life lighter and a life closer to the light because hmm. you're heavy and you're weighed down by these things that you're allowing to yeah. just kind of stay there.
0: Just quick interjection and then lightly continue. Yeah. Alan Watts, he has this thing that he says, the the angels could fly because they took themselves lightly. <laughs> <So> that, <laughs> uh, anyway, that just oh, reminded God. me of like the atoms of yeah. like not holding on to things and letting them pass through you because right. they just add weight. Yeah. It's like you you can choose. These mm-hmm. things. So that's what it's Anthony DeMello what you're talking about. But that's what he that's what he says. And he's like, he talks about because when he talks about getting rent, getting like becoming unattached and how attachments steal from your happiness. He's like, this doesn't mean you can have no attachments. It means mm-hmm. you can have some. Just realize the price you're paying. Right. And like so, the same thing. It's like you can you can add them. You can have this, but just realize it's going to make you heavier.
2: Yeah. Well, and that's. It's it's so interesting because like my perception, I mean, I also was brought up in a Christian home and regardless of what dialect or flavor of Christianity that was, like I identify in a different way now. But what I've come to realize is that everybody's been given blessings or things that they're really good at, or I mm. think, you know what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, gifts yes thank you a yeah, very talents. very yeah talents yeah. a very simple word to remember the parables talents, the parable of talents. those those things were given to you and because you're a human like selfishly you want to keep them to yourself but you can't because if you do like you will literally implode yeah. yourself like and like the purpose of you having those talents is for you to share them with everybody else
0: they metastasize right yeah
2: yeah so it's
0: thoughts yeah. old metastasization classic. So that's what yes. we yes. like, um, I went, a couple podcast ago. I went on an infamous rant as I do about, uh, there's a book called the war of art that you absolutely have to read by okay. Stephen okay. Pressfield. If like you that. haven't read it. Okay. But the whole premise is this idea of he characterizes resistance as the ego, um, and he juxtaposes that with like the fight the battle between resistance you could also call it demons you could mm-hmm. call whatever you want mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the muse who is also the self uh psychologically speaking or angels whatever you want to call them right mm-hmm. and so there's this internal battle between those two things yep that's constantly happening um but that's where he, he talks about uh like there are so many layers of this that we could go down hmm. um and this Before I forget, actually, the other song I sent you that I want to talk about was Timeless. Yeah. I have one question that comes out of that, but one thing I want to stay on here quick. And so it's this idea of, I've become so fascinated the last two weeks of this idea of having, this is something Marcus Aurelius talks about too, having a timeless soul trapped in a time-bound body. And how... I've even felt it in my own life. The periods in my life where I feed the ego versus the self, I feed the time bound versus the timeless, are the periods in my life where I, f- I feel like I'm poisoning my soul. Mm-hmm. So that's where it's like not feeding that piece of me that metastasizes, right? Like not being what I could be. This is, this is Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? What you can be, you must mm-hmm. be, right? And to the extent I'm not what I must be, I'm not what I can be, and it's like, I'm hoarding those gifts right. and those gifts literally poisoning me from within. Mm-hmm. But the moment I, I write more, the moment I do the timeless things, the thing to serve the muse, right. When I serve the timeless instead of the time bound, like those are the most fulfilling. Like I, in the reason that like the last two weeks, which again are the busiest I've ever been, but I like spending time to do things like this podcast. And I still have been spending time to like, I p- car all the time for the piano and I don't feel like I'm sacrificing my soul.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, it's like, because I carve out this time and I'm still feeding those things. I'm still watering that those pieces of my garden. And it's like, I can't, I cannot tell you how much my trajectory, personal trajectory change mm-hmm. just with, again, the awareness of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so now it's like, obviously for me, it's like, how do I, how do I, how do I continue to spend more time with those things, and mm-hmm. that's where it's like I'm at the point now where it's like I can have, I can have my artistry where it's f you pay me,
2: mm-hmm.
0: or my my work where it's f you pay me. But then I have my baby, right? Yeah, and that's this stuff. And it's like, how do I work towards more of my life is my baby and less of it is f you pay me, right? Mm-hmm. But for now, it's like I, you know, I'm doing good, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is a weird thing to say
1: because it's like... It's not, though. Yeah. I think it's an important thing to say. Yeah. I think it comes back to the, the spectrum perspective before. It's like, it doesn't, matter. it doesn't matter right now if it's if it's not your whole life as your baby, right? It's yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Just take a step. Lean into the passion, at least a little bit, and feel how good that feels. Yeah. And then let that motivate you to keep carving away and keep yeah. making time for the things that really, truly
0: yeah. let you up. Well, I meant more of just like, just given everything in the world right now, and knowing that there are a lot of folks out there that aren't in the same space I'm at in terms of sure. like how I feel, you know, you almost feel like guilty about like saying that, right? Like I'm, I'm. We tired about this. I'm like 220 pounds right now. Best shape I've ever been in my life. Like, right, and this, which is also another thing I want to talk about this is the um, 10 pounds heavier than I weighed when I played. And I feel like it's, it's good weight. I don't know. Maybe it's not, but the only explanation, like I don't eat breakfast. I don't eat as nearly as many calories. Literally the only explanation is I've started feeding my soul again. And like, so I'm less stressed about all the other stuff. Yeah. And so I literally think I'm witnessing like this, like physical manifestation of like, my soul, my body, like coming more into alignment. Mm-hmm. Like maybe that's not the case, but it feels
1: that way. No, man, there's, I mean, there's a lot of truth to what stress does to, to your physiological health. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's, and it maybe, maybe your body's just finally finding a place of homeostasis where it's like, here's, here's your natural window. And I'm sure you don't weigh exactly 220 every time you step on the scale. No, yeah, it's no, yeah. a little bit of range, but you know, it's, it's, if you're happy, and, and you're happy with, with what you are and where you are and, and how you are,
2: hell yeah. Yeah.
1: Like who's who's anybody to say otherwise? Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting.
0: But the question I wanted to ask based on the song Timeless, and so it starts with this premise of I'm point to this. But it starts with the premise of like, me, Sammy Davis James Dean, something James. Fell Dean. asleep and
1: had a kick-ass dream. Me, James Sinatra, uh, James. Frank Sinatra, James, Sammy, Sammy Davis, at the and bar James drinking moonshine. Anyway, whatever, whatever. Multiple famous
0: people, like three famous musicians. Mm-hmm. Where it's like it starts with this this idea of like him going into a bar mm-hmm. with these mu- musicians or like people that have been huge influences on him, and like. They look at him and they say, boy, don't even look at the clock. You're going to be timeless. Mm -hmm. So I love that idea from the perspective of like, one, if you were to walk in a bar and three people of any age are in there and they like look at you and they're like, welcome to the club, Brit. Yeah. You know, like they're like, you're one of us. Like, this is like you, like, like, like you're going to be on the Mount Rushmore of whatever this is. Like who, what does that bar look like? For, For me, I'll start. I, I, we've talked about this. so I think you could probably answer mine at this point. Mm-hmm. Mine are uh, Abraham Lincoln, Mark Aurelius, and Solomon. I would have gotten there eventually. Wow. Who? Who are yours? Because to me, I okay. So I don't know that I've talked about this in the podcast. So I'll, I'll give you both a little more time to think. While I Rant. Um, or maybe another
2: podcast. Because, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 A little no, bit of time. that's fine. That's fine. That's bold. Yeah, that's it's fine. A, it is a big question. I um, never, I've never thought about that, ever. I
0: love thinking about that. I
2: like thinking about that, though, but I've never, ever put...
0: Because I, I consider that. them like my, what I'll call like my inner counsel.
2: Yeah.
0: Of like, like, oh, this is going to be super strange, but sometimes I'll like have conversations with them.
2: <laughs>
0: like, like they're like sitting in my office or so like yeah. sitting in the passenger side of my of my car. Um, because I've, part of the reason I I like wanted to start this podcast is because it's like, part of like this conversation that we're having about like what it even means to live well in like a messy world. Like I've always wanted to be the part of that conversation. Mm-hmm. Like there's always been a piece of me that, that there's been like a philosopher inside that I've, I've just always loved it. As, like as soon as I discovered it, I've always loved it. And so, I mean, this is like a dream come true to be able to like have these kinds of conversations with people that I love because it's like, I'm now a part of the conversation right. and it's like, this is something I want to do the rest of my life, and so it's like now I started. I'm, you know, I turned 30 in May, so it's like, I started at 30, do it for however long. I'm convinced we're all going to live till 120. I think we've talked about that. Maybe we
1: haven't. I that number's new to me, but challenge accepted, my dude. <laughs> sure, let's I let it ride. Yeah. I'm going to throw my great yeah. great grandchildren around like basketball. So yeah, I love that's it. right. I love it. Um, but no, that's
0: where it's like I I I've always wanted to be part of that conversation, and to me, those three when I like look at the unifying characteristic is they were one master wordsmiths, which I am an aspiring wordsmith as well. Um, but two, they were all focused on what it took to be a good person mm-hmm. in the world. And I, like, so to me, like walking into a place and having them like look like I, I like envision them like sitting in a corner booth of a bar. I walk in the initial like banter between them is like, what is he doing here? Mm -hmm. Like he's still alive, like what's he doing? And then eventually like one of them, probably Ram Lincoln is like, oh no, 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 he's one of us. And then it's like, then they invite me to the booth and I like sit down with them and it's Mm -hmm. like,
1: I love that. Yeah,
2: that's really cool. That's a cool idea for sure.
1: And then it's like- It's an out out there there idea, but that's it. It is. It is, well it's another another tactical thing, right? It's like if people sit down and really critically think about who are these three people, you're gonna learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. You're gonna learn a lot about yourself from the choices you make. Yeah. Can you think of
0: one? And these can change. They can rotate. Um,
2: probably C.S. Lewis.
0: Oh, I love mm-hmm. that one so much. Have you read The Great Divorce?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. You should read that. Okay. So I have a whole Before I Forget. Books. No, no, no. But <laughs> before I'll give you the So before I forget, he presents Heaven in yeah. this. Yeah, so good. He's such a good writer. Um But he presents is this really cool idea of like what if the gates of heaven were open to all of us but we were unwilling to let go of the things that provided us from getting there so he presents this world of like when you
2: that's very accurate no yeah. i know because yeah. this world though of
0: like when you die there's like a bus there's literally a bus that comes and would, could take you to heaven yeah but nobody takes it because they're too busy clinging to what they have
2: yeah that's. And, but that's very i like that's i i have visions of not a bus, but like, in a sense, like that's how it kind of works.
0: Yeah, it's like we can you can come if you want, but right. like, are you are you willing to give this Only up? if you want? Yeah. yeah, and that's where I think it, this this I think dovetails into the, this idea of like humanity generally, right, is on this trajectory of eventually, eventually, essentially obtaining immort- immortality, right? Yeah. So it's like once you start thinking about that as like a possibility, whether that's through preserving your consciousness in the cloud and then uploading it into a new body, whatever, it starts to become a very real thing of like you start to cling to this life Mm -hmm. even more. So then I think the metaphor becomes even more powerful of like how much we all – and I think that's such a stoic thing.
2: But I think that also to not cling to life, right? And I Mm -hmm. think like, how do you not cling to life? I think not clinging to life is knowing who you are, knowing like what's worth your battles and what's not. And having like, like the internal peace. I literally just made a post about that on Instagram today. Like finding, finding internal peace and like, what does that look like? You know.
1: Yeah. And Check the, her out
2: at Brittany Falk.
1: <laughs> Give her a follow. Yeah. No, but double that, tap! Yeah. <laughs> Smash that like button.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Smash it over and over again. <laughs> no, I mean that's right. And I just um I, I, to me one of my favorite lectures on YouTube on Marcus Aurelius is this mm-hmm. professor. I can't remember where he's from, but at the end of it he like he goes, he talks about Marcus as a world weary emperor who, like a guard who has um, stood at his post long past his watch, is was ready to leave on his deathbed essentially, and then he drops the line. He's like, "It's this idea that Marcus lived his life that as if you know all men die, but not all, di- all not all men die whining is how he put it in the lecture." Huh. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's like." What a great way to know that
1: when you meet death, you go willingly
0: because you've lived a full life.
1: Yeah. That's where I thought you were going was all men die, but not all men live. And I think in a way the sentiment's the exact same. It's just a very artful way of reframing the idea. I don't know who this quote is from, but I
0: absolutely love it. And it's like a lot of, a lot of men, you have to do women. Um, (laughs) It's like um, yes. something like a lot of men uh, die, like die at die at seventy and aren't buried till they're hundred or something like that. But it's not. I mean, it's not. It's a lot earlier than that. So it's That's like, what you
2: mean. yeah.
0: Um, basically the idea, yeah, walk through, just existing instead of actually living. Um, one thing I do want to g- allow you. Time to promote yourself and uh, that Well, you can just put it out there. But I, I want to. I do want to hear about this Miss uh, Health and Fitness situation you got yourself into.
2: <laughs> I did. I got myself into a little situation. I think
0: you're currently second.
2: I am currently second. Thank I
0: you get video. notifications.
2: Do you really? <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> my god. That's <laughs> so cool. How do you get notifications?
0: On my email. Really? Yeah.
2: Oh my god. That's so sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Mrs. Health and Fitness was. Um, is a magazine, and you know how like Instagram ads kind of just pop up? Yeah, because I do. I'm often
0: victim of those.
2: Yeah, Instagram ads just you know have a way of knowing just, what just you want, talk, like, yeah, when you I'm want it, bad. how you want they get it, me. whatever. They get me. I was gonna um, say. And so there was a, I don't even know how long ago it was now, I probably want to say like a month now. It was, it came on my Instagram feed, and I was like, <clears throat> applied to be like on the, like, win twenty grand and be on the cover of Mrs. Health and Fitness. And I was like, oh that's kinda cool. I was like, twenty grand would be nice and being on the cover of magazine is on my bucket list of yeah. things that I'm going to accomplish in my lifetime, whether yeah. it happens here or another way. And
0: we'll start a we'll start a magazine if we have to.
2: There you go. Uh we're on. <laughs> So We um, won't have
1: to though you'll on oh, multiple yeah. magazines. Okay. Probably, probably the cover of every issue. <laughs> <laughs> like we have um, What's your dream magazine?
2: My dream magazine would probably be. Uh, I'm blanking right now. Damn.
0: National Geographic would be dope.
2: like shape do you, magazine do do like or like women's like oh, women's yeah. health probably women's health or shape like something, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, but no, I I press apply like apply now or whatever and it literally sat in my like safari window for probably a week because i was like Mm. i don't know what to say because it like asked me these questions and like i want to like i love to write and i want to make sure that i get like all my 150 characters like are worth what i'm about to say and i put out into the world
0: pay per word when you write,
2: and so i i was like well fuck sorry
1: no, you can like, swear.
2: I was like, fuck it. I'm just going <laughs> to try and do this. And, Not the first
1: F-bomb um, we've okay. done. Even on this recording. Perfect. I think.
2: Um, and I did. And I, you know, I looked into the rules and everything of how it works. And so the first round was like top 20. And then it goes into top 15, top yeah. 10, top five. And we're in, today is actually the end of top five. And then it goes into a group round, a wildcard round, a quarter finalist, semi and then finalist happens in like October sometime. I don't know how they group people. I don't know how they like yeah. separate people out, but, um, yeah, I was like, this is kind of cool. Why not? It is cool. Why not do it? So It is cool. Yeah. So if you want to vote for me, it's a daily vote. You can vote every single day. Um, you can pay for votes. That's not obviously something that you have to do. Um, doesn't help. Yeah. But yeah. So how do,
1: how do people vote for you?
2: Um. So you can vote going to my Instagram profile. um, so Brittany. Smash at, the like button.
1: <laughs> smash <laughs> the like
2: button. At smash, that <laughs> button. smash that link button. Smash it. Um. Yes. You'll go into like the click the link in my bio, and then it's the first link on the um on the link tree there. So Mrs. Health and Fitness voting, and then you have to have Facebook to vote. Um. And yeah, you can vote every twenty four hours through that, and it's pretty sweet. So cool. Yeah. It's been fun. It's been real. Yeah.
0: But yeah. How else... Um, is F45 like back to normal?
2: No. So F45, we're operating at 50% capacity um, for the most part, I'd say. Um, it, classes are capped at 12 people per class in every... Um, so instead of the people moving to different stations with the equipment, all the equipment is in stays in one spot and doesn't yeah. move. And so now you as... Person coming into your class, you have to move into a different square to get a different workout uh, Got cardio and strength days. And then those days we cycle through every three weeks. So in the next, I think next week we're in a new cycle of workouts.
0: Got it. Yeah. I am now realizing that I totally hijacked your discussion of the people you would meet in the bar when I started talking about the great divorce. And I never allowed you to say why you would choose C.S.
2: Lewis. I just have always enjoyed his writing and his ability to, like, speak about specifically, like, faith-based things in a way that is just very enlightening and neutral. He's so logical he, about he, it. Yes. It's like, that's like that's what precision, yes. like, like yep.
0: surgical precision logic mm-hmm. of, like, the way he approaches it. Well, that's because he was... Um, I mean, he was not, he was an atheist right. and then he met Tolkien. Yeah. And then like through their conversations it converted mm-hmm. him, which I think is man, if I could elect two people like a, that room mm-hmm. to like sit in the like when they would like smoke cigars or yeah. whatever. They're not in my bar because no. I reserved you, that for three others. Right, But, yeah. I get it. You get it. They're, they're in the speakeasy across the street. Sure. They are. There you go. They're in the they're in the other room. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Connor, who do you have? Can you think of one?
1: I mean, I can think of a bunch. John? Brilliant. John's on there. My dad's on there. Tony Robbins is on there. Tim Ferriss is on there. Joe Rogan's on there. Okay, so like, any dead people? That's kind of where I'm getting stuck. I mean, I think Marcus Aurelius is on there. Yeah, yeah, is uh, yeah. on the list generally. Yeah, and and part of my hesitation to respond is because I know that right now my list is too vast. Right, like I've got I've got names that come to mind in terms of it's it's very clear that I a lot respect of respect and admire yeah, and, yeah. and these people influence the person that I am, and I want to get deeper than that. Yeah, I want, I want to figure yeah. out. Like like you said, like I reserve this spot for those three people.
0: Well, and the reason the reason I I have that, I guess, is what I'll say is because I know that when the the rest of the world is crum, crumbling around me, I can return to. I literally have three books specifically that I can turn to that will center me, regardless of what's going on in my life. Yeah. Like, and that's yeah. where it's like they are truly to me. I feel as if they are all walking beside me in some way, shape, or form.
2: Yeah. Right,
0: like at all at all times, and that's like the other ones, like you said, you know, that, that, Tony Robbins, absolutely, Tim Ferriss, Joe, like all of those influences are influences for sure. But in terms of like my rocks, mm-hmm. the foundations, uh, like my foundations, that I know that there's this, there's this. I think his name is Terrence McKenna. He talks about the archaic revival. He uses it in the context of. What happened, what happened with, like, the Renaissance, for instance, um, is, like, civilizations, uh, when there's some sort of massive, like, destruction event um, or, like, some sort of thing that upsets society, what happens is society will retrace the thread until it finds the last kind of thing that gave them a solid foundation. And then that's where – that's, like, the starting point when you rebuild – and so I kind of see it the same way for my life as I think that like, to a certain extent, we all ebb and flow cyclically in this period of like constantly reconstructing ourselves, right And so it's like to me when I when I start when I start to like that process, I just retrace those kind of threads back to. Marcus Abraham and Solomon. At least I have historically. That might change, but like to me, it's like regardless of what sort of foundation crumbles where I am right now, I know that I can go back to those things and start the rebuilding process again. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think about it. Chew on it. I'm
2: gonna.
0: I'm gonna. Who is yourself I, I, uh, yeah, I wonder who you think your dad would say.
1: should ask him i I should ask him i'm overdue for a phone call
0: because the thing about it is and this is a the web runs so vast because if you think about it right like in order to know yourself you have to know that answer yeah because they influenced him and he influenced you right? right And so in order to know all the things you are made of even though you might be two or three rings removed, right, the, the further back you can trace the influences of your influencers, like that's when it it starts to spread out, right? Yeah. You start to realize that you're a collection of effectively through seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, everybody. And like, you know? Uh
1: I do know. I'm yeah. stickering in something totally unrelated. Uh I it came to my attention this morning and reminded by your seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Uh, it's my understanding that today, August twentieth, at the time of this recording, is National Bacon Day.
0: Oh.
1: wow! Uh, so, I had no bacon um, today. I cannot say. I, I told myself I was no, gonna, and now going here we bacon. are. Now here we are. So, cardboard like, diet starts today. <laughs> Have you yeah, ever had okay. exclusively bacon? Had or
0: heard of Rusty Tacos? Mm-hmm. It's next to the Mediterranean place Spitz in Northeast.
1: Uh, I've been once? Question mark.
2: No, but I know what it is. Never been.
0: Yeah, there sausage, egg, and cheese taco, breakfast taco, so is out of this world. Wow. They also have a, a bacon, egg, and cheese. Similarly, mind-blowing. Yeah, So you should try that. Try it out. Yeah. Okay.
2: All right. I think we have a date then. I, I think, think that's, that's right.
0: what it is. We've got so many fun things planned. We do have Noah's so many gonna fun things Noah's
1: going to treat us, like, <laughs> breakfast <laughs> us to <laughs> breakfast tacos, <laughs> and then we're going to get a big go and, and then Noah's going to treat us I to Chipotle. Like oh.
2: I feel like we should do the workout... Before the breakfast, though, so we don't throw them.
0: I feel like we should do a carnivore diet for two weeks before the workout so we all uh, poop our pants.
2: Yeah, that might be a good idea That would be a lot. Of
1: I've fun. heard, I've slip heard slide. that's the
0: Slip and slide food. in oh the poop. Oh. I mean, we talked
2: about.
1: My God. <laughs> <laughs> what it it's is. aggressive. We gotta,
0: we gotta be
2: done. Oh, all
0: right, Britt. Uh, as always, it's fantastic to talk. Anything so else uh, for the good of the order? Peace and blessings, everybody. All right, if y'all Luke's y'all, love it. Ya.